Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Trojan Dash. As always, every single week we are here. Nathan, how are we doing today? 22 days till the start of USC football. I cannot wait. Um, you know, so we're going to have actual football games to talk about, but we continue on anyway on dashboards here because that's her. You like the jean jacket? You like the jean jacket? Is that working for me? Oh, I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. You know what else is working, man? This USC talent. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out, and it seems like a lot of people are confident in the talent that USC has, whether that you know, translate to success on the football field, that remains to be seen. But people recognize the talent that this roster has. Uh, they were ranked number 10 in the team, 247's team talent composite ranking. They're ranked 10 in the country. Nathan, what were your thoughts on this? You showed it to me. I didn't even see this, but it's interesting, man, for sure. What do you think? You know, I was fully prepared to go on like a five-minute rant about how I am all in on this team. There are really no holes on this team, I think. But about 20 minutes ago, I was surfing uh, Bleacher Report, and I saw Pro Football Focus put out this thing where they said tiers of college football playoff contenders, right? And I said, okay, let me let me uh, check this out, right? They had tier one, which was basically locks, right? And there were three teams in in that in that in that tier. It was Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, right? Okay. They had tier two. Two schools were in tier two: Georgia and USC. That's insane, okay? Not insane in a bad way, not insane as if they're wrong. But we're talking about this team being one of the five best teams in the country. I think it could totally happen. What say you? I think it's 100. I mean, we recognize this as Trojan fans, right? To me, this is not news. This is something that we've all been painfully aware of is how much talent this team always has year in and year out. It's never been a question of whether there's talent on the team. It's whether or not the coaches and the players are going to be able to put it together on the field. So to say that this team is ranked 10 in the nation from a talent standpoint – I might venture to say that they might be even higher um, just by nature of how much talent and how many five, four stars keep coming through the program. Of course, this is going to be a talented team. This is USC. This is where the best football players in the country. You go to Alabama, you go to Ohio State, you go to Clemson, you go to USC. These are the schools that are consistently going to be at the top of the country in terms of the talent. This is not a shock to me at all, man. You know, you might you might know me in, incorrectly because we've had arguments about this. About you might You might know me as the guy who does not believe in Clay Helton thinks that this team can't be great until Clay Hilton is gone. I'm just going to say it right now. That is not at all what I believe. I do think, right, in previous years, the coaching staff hasn't quite got, I know, hasn't quite gotten enough out of, out, of its, uh, out of its players. But something about this year, something about this year, I feel it, right? I feel it. I feel it all coming together this year. I can see this team making the college football playoffs. I wonder what people have to say in the, in the chat because I know, you know, USC probably isn't one of the favorites, of course, one of the, the um, you know, common picks to make the CFP this year. But I can see it happening. I think a lot of things are going to have to go right. A lot of things are going to have to go right for any school to make the college football playoff, of course. But something about this year, right, it's more of a gut feeling than anything else, although I do think that this roster is talented. I think that this coaching staff is much, much improved from last year. Um, but I could, I, could, I, could see it, I could see it happening. Somebody just said in the chat, Shout out to uh, Emil Jones. You said this team will kill it this year. The roster is crazy. I'm 100% with you. This team is going to kill it this year. Um, appreciate you dropping your thoughts. Yeah, Emil, I'm you are fully in. I'm all in. All Emil. in. Emil, you are not lying at all. Um, nope. And you, you talked about all the dominoes that kind of have to fall into USC's favor for them to have a shot at the college football playoff. The first domino, I think, actually did fall in their favor, and they were ranked 25. Um, I remember you wrote a column about how disrespectful it was that USC was not ranked in the top 25. So 
Domino did fall in the favor. I still think it's a bit egregious, some of the teams that they have ahead of them. I remember I think the uh, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns were somehow ranked ahead of USC. Um, but, you know, these things will change over the course once USC starts playing a little bit more football. These people get a, a chance to see what sort of product the team's putting on the field. I was really hyped watching that Todd Orlando hype video. Did you get a chance to catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was insane, man. That was insane. He, That dude, like, he's bringing exactly to the table what I thought he was going to bring to the table, which is a level of intensity. What was the quote that he said? You don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training. I think that speaks volumes, man. He's going to make sure that he's lighting a fire under these dudes' behinds and making sure that they're ever, equipped in every way possible um, for when the season comes. Every time I hear that guy speak, I look for the nearest brick wall because I just want to run right through it. But the thing I think – is going to make the difference this year is that the players believe it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the players didn't believe it in the past couple of years, but something about this team, you know, there's, there's this air around this team where they are as all any than I am. Right. And I think uh, Elijah Griffin said that he could see SC being one of the top teams in the nation. Now I'm sure he wasn't talking top 25. I'm sure he wasn't talking top 20. I'm sure he's talking like top five, 10 teams in the country. So again, that is something that you need. Um, you need to have that confidence. You need to have that, 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 that belief. You need to have everybody fully bought in. I think that that's what this team has, and that's what this coaching staff has, right? And maybe, maybe it was, you know, the, 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 the staff kind of like lit a fire under them. Maybe it was, you know, the team's always believed it all along. I'm sure that there's, you know, a combination of those, of those two things. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm toward 22 days away, and it's just, it's just hitting me now the things that this team can do. I mean, the last couple of years were my first two years here at SC, and they've been maybe the, I don't know, worst, but maybe the most underwhelming um, two-year stretch in USC recent history. I think of that turns around this year. Well, you're old, man. I'm young. I'm here for the excitement, man. And uh, Jacob Minuti, I hope I pronounced that right, man, but he had a comment, and I think it's a warranted comment, that USC always has a loaded roster. The question is whether or not they'll be able to pull it all together this year. I mean, that's always the question, right? And I think it's important to acknowledge that although USC always has a talented roster, they find themselves in a situation that they rarely find themselves in. When we think about the NFL draft and how USC consistently remains at the top of of teams that have players drafted into the NFL. That wasn't the case last year. You had Michael Pittman leave. You had um, you had Christian Rector leave. And then I believe there's uh, Austin Jackson left. But outside of those three, um, you don't really have a whole lot of key players turning over this year. You have a lot of the same talent coming back and playing again. That's not something that USC has or has been fortunate enough in the past to have happen except for this year. So you have guys like Keaton Slovis returning. You have guys like Drake Jackson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Vons, Drake London, all these talented players that are returning, and they're going to have a high impact on the game. Um, so I think that definitely plays into USC's favor, the fact that you have a lot of the same guys that made what was a very talented team last year is going to be an even more talented team this year. Right, and the, the chat is popping right now. Shout out to the wonderful Dash. Uh, Trojan Dash listeners, viewers. Um, but one thing that I keep seeing again and again in the chat section is from Mr. Mr. Jones. Appreciate you again. There are there are two things going for this team, right? There's depth and the O-line. And those are both topics that we and me are going to talk about. In different but I totally agree. This team is one of the deepest USC teams that we've seen in the last five years or so. And, you know, whether it's injuries, whether it's guys – I don't know, slumping because, you know, the season is super weird. I, um, you know, we're, we, we have to see. And I think that the depth is going to come in huge because, you know, college football, you need depth. You can't just have, you know, 
11 starters on each side that are just loaded. Um, so this team's going to be legit. This team is deep. I'm excited. No doubt about it. And I mentioned all the teams or the players that are going to be returning and having a high impact on the team. One player in particular that uh, that uh, the defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando, he pointed out and he, he gave a specific nod to after one of the practices was Pala Ie Naoteote. I made sure I was going to get it right. If, if you just happen to come across it, Pala Ie, I made sure I rehearsed that so I could get it right for you, man. Um, Pala Ie Naoteote, the fourth Bishop Gorman, five-star, he's coming here. He's had certain injury issues, but he's always been a talented player, and that's a guy that I think is going to have a very high level of impact. Nathan, talk to me about the impact that you think Pala Ie is going to have on the team this year. So this is the thing that jumped out to me first when I thought about Ie, right? There are no holes on this team. I thought that the linebacker group was maybe the one position group where you could say might be looking a little iffy. I mean, the new 3-4 defensive scheme, obviously, means Greg Jackson is going to be playing linebacker for the most part, which means that that group is you know, talented, but I think that now I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run through USC position group, right? Sure. Wide receiver is one of the best in the country, right? The quarterback, right? The depth questionable, but Keaton Slovis is might be deep behind, right? The tailbacks, okay? We've got super fast guy, super big guy, and then two guys that are right in the middle of that. They have a nice balance. They have nice, you know, different different types of looks that they can throw at teams. The tight end group is maybe not that deep, but with Drake London playing in a tight end-esque role, that's probably going to be good enough because this isn't a very tight end-heavy offense, right? On the defensive side of the ball, the cornerback's loaded, right? The whole defensive back group is just loaded. The defensive line stacks and the linebackers, that with EA, you know, making the kind of contributions that I think a lot of us see coming, I really don't see where this team is, is lacking. I mean, it obviously doesn't have the best talent at every single position group in the whole country because no team has that right but let me let me ask you this is there a hole on this team i mean where do you think is the one area that can bring down this team barring you know Keaton Slovis gets hurt in week one and you know USC is forced to tap into the QB depth which is could definitely be there but um I'm, I'm not sure everybody's fully convinced at this point quite yet but where do you think is the one area the one position group that you think will bring this, this team down Oh, I think it's important to remember that, right? USC is a three-down lineman, four-linebacker team. So if I had to pick a hole, and this is really me grasping at straws here, this is not necessarily a hole, but one position group that isn't among the strongest in the country would be the defensive line, especially with J2 Faley opting out, right? Um, that would have been one of the strongest defensive lines in the country just by nature of having Jay there. But, you know, everything everybody knows about the situation with him and his sister. Prayers up to her, making sure that she stays healthy and everything that's going on there, man. That's that's terrible to hear. So to make sure that, you know, everything's situated there. But when I look at this defensive line, I don't see anyone in particular that jumps out at me as like, OK, that's a guy that can make the leap to the next level as an NFL prospect. Just because now you take Drake Jackson, he's now on the he's not having his hand in the dirt more. He's playing in a little bit more space and playing that linebacker position. But, you know, that doesn't concern me from a pass rush standpoint at all, because you're going to be able to use Drake Jackson in that capacity. You're going to be able to blitz guys like now. Um, so yeah, I'm not really concerned at all. All the defensive line has to do. I remember in high school, we had a similar situation where we had really good linebackers, really good DB, not the greatest defensive line in the world. Do you know what the defensive line did? They just held their gaps. And at worst comes to worst, you fall down and you plug up some holes. So if that's what the USC defensive line needs to do, by no means I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because I'm sure there could be guys there that pop off that I didn't see coming. But worst comes to worst, that's all the defensive line needs to do is hold their gaps, make sure there's space for the linebackers to operate. So I wouldn't say that's a weakness by any sense. Just if I had to nitpick and say what might be the weakest position group in USC, I'd probably say the defensive line. But if that's the weakest position group we're talking about, 
that's a blessing in disguise, man. That's a great problem to have because that's not a bad position group at all. We, we did get a comment in the chat saying maybe kicker. And I think there's maybe a case for me there, but Chase McGrath to me. Chase McGrath? That, I, I miss I mean, with Chase. That guy, he's been, he's been decent. Plus, I will say, um, you, you, I've already said that I'm fully bought in on this team, but extra points are not that challenging for kickers, and there's going to be a lot of extra points. going to be a lot of touchdowns. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if it's going to end up. And, and the other thing is, like, that's that's the sort of thing that really only makes a huge difference when it's a, you know, zero to six, maybe nine point game, right? And to be honest, I don't want to get too carried away. I don't think every game's going to be a cakewalk for this team because that's just not how games work. You know, there are some teams that you blow out. There are some teams that maybe you should blow out, but you don't. And that's just the way that college football works. I wouldn't get too, you know, stressed out about that. But I, I don't see many games where it's going to come down to maybe a, I don't know, 48-yard last-second field goal that he just picks, right? And I don't, I don't, I just don't see that that, that happening. I see SC cruising to maybe four to five of their wins this year, and in the other two games, I don't know, maybe they drop one. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the kind of game where it comes down to the kick. I mean, even I, this might have been before I actually got to USC, but I swear McGrath's a guy who's hit those type of kicks before too. Yeah. He did come to crunch time. Yeah, and he's, he's got the experience, right? He's been in the, in the, in the Rose Bowl. He's been in the Pac-12 Championship games. So this is a guy that knows how to deal with the pressure, and I've seen him come through in those spots. So, And this also was like his fourth year at SC. So, you know, it's those late-game situations are sort of – it isn't just about who's the most accurate, who is the strongest leg, who's the best pure kicker. It's about who can deal with that, with that, with that moment. The level right? of pressure. And that's and that's done that. And you know there are some guys when they 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 walk out onto the field to take that to take that um, to make that uh, play, and you can you can see right off the bat that they're kind of you know, trembling, they're kind of like nervous, they're you know maybe down one or two points if they lose the game's over, and you can see that, and you can see that fear. I, I don't see that with Chase. I mean, I think it was last season they were at BYU, um, in a game that they should have won, of course, but it was I want to say 24, 24, 21, 21, 27. No, 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 sorry. They were they were down three points, and it was like fourth and long. Um, they were in BYU's territory, but barely. And uh, McGrath had to kick a 50, 50 or fifty-one yard field goal to send it to overtime. And there were like you know minute and a half. I don't know. They were within two minutes left. I'm forgetting the exact details. I tried to block that game out of my mind. And and he he drilled it. It was like right down the middle. It was clearly long enough. It wasn't even close to being wide. So that's that's the kind of thing that I value in. A full special teams unit, and I mean that. Just I don't know. I don't. I, again, I don't. I don't see that that costing SC many many games this year. Um, yeah, the last few SEC games were won by one or two points. That's but, a different ball game. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah, man, I'll address totally that. Different. That is, you know, and that's a great point because some of those games do get very close. But I will say this: SEC they play not an ugly brand of football, but it's a very gritty brand of football, and that it's very offensive line driven they you do have mike leach down there kind of shaking things up a bit with their throwing the air raid i bet all those scc defensive coordinators are like what the hell is this with the, the spreading you out and forcing you to be a little bit more athletic right but generally speaking the scc is games that are very ugly very gritty very paint and trench not paint but trench oriented right that's when you get your the real ugly cornbread big dudes working out you know what i mean so the um that's generally why you see a little bit more closer games because those offenses don't function like USC's offenses do and Pac-12 offenses do in general, where you're really spacing the field out and allowing uh, 
quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs rooms and space to operate and score a lot of points. So, you know, that with that being said, it's fair. It could be a point or where USC is giving up a lot of points and scoring a lot of points. But I kind of want to use that to circle back to Pala EA um, and specifically how does his presence, right? Cause he's a guy who's dealt with injury issues in the past, but anytime he's been on the field, he's been a very good player. If he's healthy consistently throughout the season, how does that affect USC's defense in general? We talked about the defensive line. We talked about how good um, the defensive back core is. How does that affect, you know, having that, that consistency at the linebacker position, particularly the Mike position? How does that affect the, the defense in your mind, Nathan? You know, one, thing, one thing that kind of stuck out to me last year was, USC wouldn't really give up the default that much, right? They didn't get, they didn't have guys running for like 40, 50 yard passes. It was just kind of a methodical. I mean, we saw it in the uh, Holiday Bowl, right, against Iowa. It was like seven, eight yards at a time, four or five yards at a time. And they, they kind of killed us with the ground game. But the thing that I noticed over the course of the season was that it would just be these like, you know, seven, eight, nine yard plays the whole entire game. And they would just kill SC because they didn't have that, you know, strong like, middle middle group right in there to sort of stop that. And I think EA makes that linebacker group so solid that I don't think that that's going to be a big of, a, of, a, of an issue this year, right? And the scheme is more is more oriented to fix that kind of problem this year, right? But I just think that, you know, that again, the problem for USC was never getting burned for 70, 80 yard touchdowns or that. The problem was just that slow sort of painful you know, six, seven, eight, nine yards at a time, then all of a sudden they're in the red zone and they score a touchdown, right? I don't, I don't want to say that happening. I think it's interesting, um, the fact that they switched from three or four, three to three, four, um, because I think uh, some of the issues that USC did run into last year is that you were asking linebackers to cover guys that they just simply weren't capable of covering, right? The linebackers that USC put in that uh, four, three scheme last year, they're a little bit, uh, grittier, heavier, slower, more of a pounder, more of a run-stopping linebacker. When you're in this Pac-12 and you have to cover these quick dudes out of the backfield, sometimes you have to cover a slot receiver. Every team is throwing something different, whether it's trips or it's spread formation. Um, a lot of times you're putting those linebackers in uncomfortable positions that they frankly shouldn't be in. Um, but now that you're in a, a four-linebacker set where you have three down linemen, you get to utilize athletes like Drake Jackson and put them in those situations where they're a little bit more equipped athletically to go guard a guy um, who's a running back in the Pac-12? I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't remember any of them off they're the top of my head. But, uh, <laughs> they're, they're all gone. They're all, they're all gone. To the they're put in those situations where they have to cover guys that are, you know, athletically sound. Um, Drake Jackson's a guy that's more equipped to handle that than a, a Pala Ie Neoteote. So um, I think definitely the fact that Todd Orlando came in, and I think that was an intentional move on Clay Helton's part. You know I always cape for Clay Helton and making the right decisions in terms of personnel. I think that's an intentional move to come in and bring in a guy who's going to put athletes on athletes instead of athletes on, or slower guys on athletes. It makes a lot of sense in terms of how this USC team functions um, and the, the talent that they have at each position to take uh, Drake Jackson's hand out of the dirt and let him go play in space a little bit more. I think that helps a guy like Pala EA a lot more. And the, the other thing for me too, is that part of what fed into the problem with the seven to nine yard was just killing it. That tackling was an issue. Tackling has been a problem this team for the last, last couple of years. So I think when you have a guy like EA who can mm-hmm. tackle it, right, tackle in space, he can make those plays. Couple that with Todd uh, Orlando, you know, full pads, more more contact, more 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 tackling practices. I think that you know, and that was that was one of the things that really really hurt people. And I was kind of you know curious about it too. It's like they have clear tackling problems, and it's obviously because they don't practice that, right? If you if, if you're playing a regular you know 
scrimmage style full football game. You don't tackle. You're going to have tackle problems show up in, in, in games. So I don't really understand where that. I mean, obviously the the injury problems. You don't want guys getting hurt during during games. They you know they have ways to avoid that kind of thing. So I think when you get EA back and you have the team going over tackling drills, going over full full pads, full full contacts, you know practices. I think that that's just going to make tackle. It, it's not going to be a weakness anymore. I see it. I see it being a those way. I agree with you 100%, man. So let's see if I agree with you when you come with your state your case this week. You have a pretty uh, good state or a good case to state regarding the return of Elijah Vera Tucker and what that means for USC. So I'll go ahead and hand the ball to you, man, when it regards Elijah Vera Tucker and his return. All right, so I'll make this relatively quick. USC hired a lot of coaches this offseason, right? The coaching staff needed a year overhaul. They got them. But Elijah Vera Tucker's return is the biggest offseason development USC. And the reason why is that this offensive line, it's at first was looking a little shaky, right? Because it had talent, it had, it had size there, but it was, it was looking at a lot of guys that were relatively inexperienced. And, you know, guys got just that haven't proven that much because they're, they're young. They've been, you know, blocked behind an offensive line that's been loaded for the last couple of years. And it, it, it was looking like a question mark for this team. And the team, SC struggled on the ground game last year, right? And that couldn't happen again this year because if they didn't have an effective run game, then the defense could just focus solely on the pass. And even when you have USC's wide receivers, I mean, they'll still probably, you know, get the job done or get the job close to them, but you're going to need some insane production from the guys, right? Now you have AB bring a line that can turn the run game. I said they have a nice, you know, range, a nice array, and I thought they're a type of, of backs that you can give guys teams totally different, different looks. So the run game could turn into a strength for this team. And what is the best, one of the best wide receiving groups in the country, coupled with one of the best quarterbacks in the country, when they have no time to make that work, right? And that was kind of what USC might have been looking at if ABT had not come back, because the offensive line was, um, you know, looking like sort of a question mark for this team. So, obviously, left, left tackle, offensive line, I think is one of the most underrated positions in the sport. I think that offensively, it's probably the most important, because you can only have so much talent. And I mean, you can only get so much production out of your account if you don't have an offensive line to let that talk work, right? So ABT obviously clears up a lot of question marks from that standpoint. But also, the long run, I don't think we should underrate that either. Because I don't know about you, I don't know about other USC fans. I didn't want I, I don't want Keaton Slovis taking like 15, 20 hits a game, right? And possibly, I mean, we saw last year J, JT Daniels, right? He got hurt and I think like the last play before halftime of the first game of, of the of the year, he was out for the season. All of a sudden, you know, a couple months later, he's transferring, and Keaton Slovis is the course. But if if that kind of thing were to happen to Keaton, that would that would hurt the team not only this year because I said the QB room is uh, kind of a question mark beyond beyond Keaton, and for the next couple of years as as well because Keaton you know figures to be here for the next two years. Um, so, again, I don't want to say that the change at left tackle puts Keaton Slovis from serious injury risk, probably was going to get hurt in the first couple of games of the season. That's not what I truly believe. But it definitely makes me a lot more comfortable knowing that Keaton's probably going to be dropping back 40, 45, 50 times a game and knowing that he has some defense. So I think APT's return is going to make a world of impact for the standpoint in the short term and I don't think this team was going to be a college football playoff competitive 
Well, I agree with everything that you said about why ABT makes sense and why his impact, his return has such a high impact. Um, but I disagree with your case. And it's because the case is that you believe the tackles return is the most important offseason development for USC. Is it an important development for USC? Hell yeah, that's really needed. Um, but I disagree with two for two reasons. And reason number one is there was a lot of pretty positive notes coming out of USC as related to the young guys and their ability to, to handle and hold down the offensive line, even beyond AVT. Apparently, uh, the younger dudes that we weren't quite sure about if they were equipped to play right away, they've been handling themselves pretty well. And mind you, they're guarding some pretty gosh darn good dudes in the, um, in the um, opposing defense, right? They're having to hold down and block against guys like Drake Jackson, right? So the fact that positive notes about them coming out of the training camp, it gives me a lot of confidence in the depth behind offense, uh, ABT on the offensive line that I wasn't sure I had heading into training camp. So the fact that I'm hearing that is uh, one reason I might disagree. And the second one, man, I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it until I'm proven wrong, which I don't think I will be. Two words. Todd Orlando, Todd Orlando, Todd Orlando, Todd Orlando, Todd Orlando. I will die on that hill. I think Todd Orlando is, you know, a life changer for USC football in terms of how the defense has functioned in the lapses that we've seen in the past. There have been the reason that this USC team hasn't been able to quite hit its ceiling like it should. The fact that he comes in, he implements this system, he utilizes his guys in the right way, and on top of that, he's instilling a culture of toughness, of grittiness, uh, uh, of, you know, like I said, the, the quote that he said um, regarding, you know, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of training. That's the sort of mentality that he's instilling in these dudes. And like you mentioned, there's a certain energy about this team right now that hasn't existed in years past. I think that has everything, not everything, but a lot to do with what Todd Orlando has been able to accomplish with this team in terms of setting the tone and having this level of intensity. He actually came out and said, and I, I'm, I've gone on this show and I've expressed concern for the fact that they haven't been able to get on the field and run through the new defense uh, in full pads going 110 miles an hour. Um, but he actually said the fact that they had the extra time in the film, extra time to go on the Zoom calls and make sure they iron out all the kinks before on the field, that's an advantage for him. And to hear that that's an advantage for him puts me even in a better state of confidence for USC's defense. I think the fact that he is bringing that level of intensity and that level of intelligence to USC's defense, that's the biggest offseason development for USC. As big as ABT coming back is, that's going to be what ultimately changes the game for USC. Having a defense that you don't even have to you know, worry about them fumbling the bag for the offense, but they can help the offense and give them more possessions. They can give them more time on the field because they're able to get teams three and out. They're able to make these stops. You're able to, you know, put them in a position where you can lead and then you can be even more aggressive and start stepping on people's necks. You know what I mean? That's going to be a huge different maker for USC, even more than ABT returning. We can circle back to this at the next NFL draft when Elijah Barrett Tucker First, middle of the first. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Look back and you think, yeah, yeah. All right. I want to get to your case. We are, we are running short. But you make only valid Man, uh, I didn't really exactly make a case for this week. I was going to go off yours. But if I had a case to make, it would be what I just made, man. Hearing that, uh, hearing that, um, the video, right? We talked about it at the top of the show, the video that Todd Orlando and, you know, we the guys that they cope from USC or from LSU that came to USC with the videography, obviously you're able to take video and do a lot of cool things with it, manipulate it to tell a narrative, but there's no narrative there. There's no fabrication there. 
That's what Todd Orlando brings to the table. That's what he's going to do for this USC team. He's going to make it a more feisty, a more aggressive, a more, you know, not even just on the defense side of the ball, right? Because when we talk about what the defense does, hell, the defense practices against the offense. So if the defense is bringing it day in and day out, you think the offense is going to take that line down or is the offense going to raise their level of intensity and they're going to be out there competing just as hard as the defense is? He is setting the tone for USC in a way that has not been done in years. And to your credit, I know you have your issues with Clay Helton, and I will admit the fact that Clay Helton has not done that. So what does he do? He goes in and bring a guy like Tyler Orlando, who is able to do that. And he raises the level of intensity for both the defense and the yeah. offense. He's preaching competition. He's preaching aggressiveness. He's teaching these fundamental core values of football. That's going to be a game changer for this team. I promise you, I guarantee it, this USC defense is going to be substantially better than it was in this past, man. And it's going to be a sight to behold. It's going to be a sight to behold. This is my thing, though. That defense was going to have to be perfect. Defense is going to have to be absolutely perfect. No, they don't. I, I mean, if ABT is not there to anchor the offensive line. Okay, if ABT, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, the defense would have been going to be great. Of course, I think the defense is going to be phenomenal. But I didn't see USC either way winning many you know, 20 to 17, maybe 17, 14, 14, 10 games this year, right? These are going to be slug facts, okay? And ABT is the guy that opens up the entire offense, okay? I think his impact is, at least for this year, is maybe greater than Orlando. Because this defense always believed, right? This defense always knew that it was that it was, that it was talented, okay? And now you have all the pieces in place to allow the defense to do what it knows that it can do while not worrying about the fact that it has to you know, allow maybe 10, 14, 17, 14 games. Maybe I'm over, maybe I'm underestimating USC's offense and, you know, assuming that they wouldn't be able to get the job done without it. But I think it's going to make a huge, huge, huge change for this team that I don't think fans should have. Amen. A strong case indeed. I think that'll do it for this episode of Trojan Dash. As always, make sure you go check out the Instagram. Go check out the Twitter. Go check out the Facebook. Go check out... The TikTok, I guess. That's at Dash Sports TV. Also, go check out the website for all the condensed content. That's through Sports Pack 12. Thankful for the partnership with them. That's dashsports.tv. That's the website. Go check out all the great stuff we're doing on there, all the other Dash shows. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.